Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we just, uh, we just sang, we heard those words that you are an all-consuming fire. Uh, I do pray specifically today that, uh, that fire would, would burn in the lives of these graduates, uh, that things that, uh, that they've already learned and you've already taught uh, would widen and expand, that they would see uh, more and more clearly uh, your purpose and your mission uh, for their life, uh, wherever that takes them, uh, whatever profession or career uh, that uh, you have gifted them to do, that the fire would burn. And I pray that the fire would burn in us because that fire is here and it's not in uh, a person or people or a group. It's your Holy Spirit uh, and your Holy Spirit resides in your church and sends us on mission, uh, both young and wise. And so I pray that all of us... Uh, would have that fire within us, and sometimes it can get down to a bare flame, but that you would light it up within us, and you would others that are in our path to awaken us to the possibilities of you being a big God, and us going to people uh, and to places uh, that maybe you've put on our heart, or maybe we have not even imagined yet, uh, but that we would know you have this grand plan and purpose for our life that does not end at our earthly death, but does go on for our eternal destiny. May we know that by your word, by your church, most of all by the fire of your spirit. And it is in your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thank you all. You can have a seat. Thank you again for being here. If you have a Bible, you could turn towards the back. We are going to read in Revelation uh, verse 21, a couple of verses towards the end as our kids walk out. Revelation 21, we'll start with verse 1. If you don't have a Bible, uh, please take a Bible as our gift. There are Bibles in the back on the table. Uh, you can grab one now. Uh, feel free uh, to step up and get one. Uh, not that anybody ever does. Uh, but, I mean, it's not... It's just, you know, we, don't, we want to be nice and proper here, down here in the South. But you can get up and get one if you need, and take one home with you. Uh, now, we are in this series that we call uh, Anew. Uh, it's, uh, we've been going in this series for a few weeks after Easter. Uh, next week will be our last sermon in the series, Anew. And it is based on one verse, one verse, 2 Corinthians five seventeen where it says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is what? A new creation. Uh, the old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. I've always been fascinated by this verse. And recently the Lord put this verse on my heart and just thinking about that, like how many of us really live that? Because I feel like I'm in Christ and I know many of y'all are in Christ. So how are we a new creation. Jesus talks about this. It's what John 3.16 is all about. How are we new? How are we new? So today, with honoring uh, our seniors, our graduates, we will, uh, I want to be talking to y'all. Y'all are out sitting with your families. But as I talk to them, uh, I will also be talking to all of us uh, together. And seeing what it means to have a new start, 
a new start. So let's read in the Bible, uh, Revelation 21. We just finished Revelation in uh, our Wednesday night equip study. And the Lord led me to this passage again. Uh, because, uh, as we'll see, it ties into a new start. Revelation 21. Uh, This is the end of all things, but yet it's the beginning of all things at the same time. Uh, Some of you are like, man, I still don't understand Revelation. I believe uh, the closing chapters of Revelation are very, very clear. Uh, Much of Revelation is symbolic. Uh, This is clear. So I believe what we're reading here literally will happen. Uh, You're going to hear about cities descending from the sky. I believe that's not an allegory or symbol or some illusion that, that that will happen, that the heavens and the earth will unite. So uh, some of you may think, man, he is off. Just wait, just wait. Um, we will see the new heavens and the new earth. Revelation 21, verse 1. John writing, the disciple of Jesus, and he says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city... New Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Also he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give from the spring of the water of life without payment. The one who conquers will have this heritage, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. But as for the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable, as for the murderers, the sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, their portion will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. Uh, Revelation, we'll stop there. Revelation is uh, it's very fascinating, it's very interesting. Uh, it has kind of like a a Lord of the Rings tinge to it. You might like Lord of the Rings. But here at the end, and and again, I believe this is real, uh, that God, through John, gives us a depiction of what the future will be like for those who are in Christ, for those who are a new creation. Let's go back real quick. What does it say? It says a city will come down to the sky. The heavens and the earth will unite. I always say this too. Uh, for my class that I teach, we, we cover Revelation a lot. Uh, this is at JA. Forgive me, you non-JA grads. But I always say, ask them where our final resting place will be. It's not heaven. It's actually here on earth. Because the heavens and the earth unite, and earth becomes heaven. Like, I don't, the Bible didn't say that. It just said it, what we just read. Because our final home is the new heavens and the new earth. And this will be a place where there is a city which I love, the Bible begins in a garden, it ends in a city. And I always say, if you don't like cities, I don't know if you're going to like eternity. Because we're going to live in a city, the New Jerusalem. But it says, there will be no tears, uh, there will be no mourning, no crying, no pain, and there will be this eternal joy 
of being in the presence of God. And it's not just a future of having wings, growing wings, and playing harps. Uh, I think that there will be a vibrancy uh, that is uh, supernatural in this city, living in this place, the new heavens and the new earth. Uh, it will be spectacular. We can't imagine in our earthly minds, but we can study the Bible our entire lives and still not imagine what that place, what that eternal life will be like. And it is for those who are a new creation. Now, uh, the reason I say this, and I'm going to tie to some things I want to say to seniors, but again, also to us. So, uh, graduates, I got three questions and one statement for you today. Three questions and one statement, but really for all of us. Uh, first question, it's all simple, is what? What? As in what do you worship? What do you worship? So I want to pull up a quote. I try to be all fancy and have these quotes on my uh, phone text here. This is a quote from a graduation speech from several years back by a guy named uh, David Foster Wallace, who claimed to be an atheist, okay? And in this graduation speech, he said, so to quote him, in the day-to-day trenches of adult life, there really is no such thing as atheism. There is no such thing as not worshiping. Everybody worships. The only choice we get is what to worship. And an outstanding reason for choosing some sort of God or spiritual type thing to worship, be it Jesus Christ or Allah or Yahweh or the Wiccan mother godness or four noble truths or some set of ethical principles is that pretty much anything else you worship will eat you alive. If you worship money and things, if they are where you tap real meaning in life, then you will never have enough. Never feel you have enough. It's the truth. Worship your own body and beauty and sexual allure. And then you will always feel ugly. And when time and age start showing, you will die a million deaths before they finally plant you. Worship power. Then you will feel weak and afraid. You will need ever more power over others to keep the fear at bay. Worship your intellect being seen as smart. You will end up feeling stupid, a fraud, always on the verge of being found out, and so on. For graduates, for adults, for me. Uh, We all worship something. And so my question for us is what? What do you worship? Uh, Many folks will uh, worship those things I just mentioned, whether it's money, power, looks, uh, intellect, and we want to, and I'm going to go back to Genesis 11 here. You don't have to look it up. But Genesis 11 about the Tower of Babel. And we want to make a name for ourselves. That is a direct quote from Scripture all the way back to Genesis 11. And some of you graduates have thought this or thinking this. We want to make a name for ourselves. And it says, we will build a tower that will reach to the heavens. And we will, we will get there, wherever there is. And we'll make this name for ourselves. I say that in Genesis 11 because it's a direct contrast to what we just read in Revelation 21. Where God's city and the heavens descend on earth. So here's my point in all that. You cannot know God. You cannot be a new creation. And there is something in us that always wants to get to heaven. 
and reach God and make a name for ourselves. Again, check Genesis 11 out. When we are a new creation, we begin to realize that God came down to us first in Jesus Christ. And he says, it is finished, it is done, the work is done. But then God will fully come down one day. And the heavens and the earth will unite. And, as we just sang about a while back, we have found our hope, we have found our peace, we have found our rest. Like, when you really know Revelation 21 is true, like, like you really, like, it's not just Sunday school lunch, I believe, but you're like, that is going to happen. And, and I can say this because I've experienced it. There is a rest. Like, I don't have to get to God. I don't have to make a name for myself. I don't, I'm not going to miss out on anything. Because God is coming. And it's not just the future, God has come. And so I, I ask you that, like, what do you worship? You know, which part of yourself do you worship? Or do we worship who has come and saved us? Jesus Christ. Who will come again? Jesus Christ. And yes, you can do a lot of other great things. You don't have to. And you, I, some of you graduates probably say, man, are you, are you telling me I've got to be a pastor, a missionary? No, but yes. I mean, you don't have to, but, you know, that'd be great. I didn't think I was going to be a pastor. But you can be a doctor. You can be an actor. You can be a musician. You can be an attorney. You can be, I mean, if, if that's what you really want to do. No offense to attorney. You can be an entrepreneur. You can be cool stuff. But worship, worship the Lord first. And when you get called up worshiping these other things, then it, it gets bad. It gets bad quick. So what do you worship? Uh, one quick story, and I'll, there are a couple stories, but one, I, I was in New York a couple years ago, and I uh, got to go up there, and I like to run, and I was running around Central Park, it was in the summer, it's really a just spectacular uh, run, there's a pretty big lake, and, and I was thinking about this, because I'd read sometime recently, Genesis 11, about Babel, and it was sunset, and so I was going around Central Park, and there was a, like there's several spots. But I hit a spot where you could just see the skyline. And I saw all these man-made works. Skyscrapers, you know. These buildings that, that man had built to make a name for himself. And then at sunset, the, the sunlight was just reflecting off of, these, off of these buildings. And it was the power of God by the sun. It was like golden it was just so beautiful, spectacular. I was like, even in man's greatest endeavors, you know, the power of the Lord, the hand of the Lord shines forth. And, and so I say this to y'all, like, you're really going to start getting caught up. I say it to us, I say it to me. We really get caught up in making a name for ourselves, but the name of the Lord is so much greater, and worshiping His name is Jesus Christ. So, what do you worship? Second question. What do you worship? And this is a big question here. When? And I'm asking it to all y'all. I ask it to me too. When? When will you start? Because some of you are not worshiping God. So when will you start? It takes just a moment. It can happen in a moment. When will uh, you start? Because here's the deal about this time for graduates. You now have this new start. When are you going to allow God to start making all things new 
in your life. Uh, one of the reasons I chose this passage is because of a verse, Revelation 21.5. Should be up on the screen, but to read it again. And he who is seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Also, he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. When are you going to start? When are we going to start? When am I going to start? Realizing God can make all things new in a moment. That you can have a new life in a moment. That you can be a new creation in a moment. That's not my opinion. It's what the Bible says. It says it in many places. Today, we're looking at this verse. It says, who is seated on the throne? So he's over the heavens and the earth. I am making all things, what, church? New. New. Then he said, write this down. We gave you all Bibles. These words, this word, is trustworthy and true. This word brings about new life through the word Jesus Christ. When are you going to start? You have a new start. You have a restart. The thing about Christianity, though, is every day can be a new start. Every day can be a restart in Jesus Christ. So graduation Sunday is like every day if you're a Christian. You have a new start, you have a restart any moment. Uh, Sometimes these happen in positive ways. I'll give you an example. I I remember precisely the moment that I was like, man, I got a restart uh, in in life, going to college. It was, uh, I was going down. And I happened to go to Ole Miss, okay, not to just throw that. By the way, and y'all, some of y'all may love to hear that, it was not, Moody, you will appreciate it, it was not my first choice. I didn't get into my first choice. So it was the backup school, okay, so there you go. There's ammo, okay. For, I've never said that. My backup school, you know, hotty toddy, whatever. Anyway, so I was going down this hill, uh, Stockard, y'all know that, many of y'all know the hill. Uh, Stockard Mart was on my left. I, I still remember the moment, I was like, I, I get a restart. I get a clean slate because my high school career was very unspectacular. Uh, reason I didn't get into my number one school. I mean, at best, I was a late bloomer. You know, at worst, it was you know underachieved, just slacker. I mean, just slack. You know, some of you, some of y'all. I didn't hear the amens, but anyway, I was like <laughs> big time slacker. You know, I mean, suspended twice. Anybody? Any graduates got suspended? Got one? Okay. Anybody suspended twice? Twice? Got two? <laughs> Amen, brother. I knew there was something way back when. There you go. Uh-huh. Suspended twice. You know, took consumer math junior year. I mean, if you know, I mean, just, just like, anyway. So, but, <clears throat> of course, my parents were disappointed and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, was that Ole Miss? I just remember I was driving in my little truck. Head, and I was like, man, I get a restart. That's, that's cool, a clean slate. So sometimes there are positive experiences where God reveals you get a restart. Then there are negative experiences. Okay, so I throw this out here, Senior Sunday, whatever. Sometimes there are negative experiences that you either know, I get a new start or I've got to start over. Okay, so like summer between junior and senior year, uh, I one weekend up in Memphis, uh, I found myself in Shelby County Detention Center, okay? Uh, Shelby County Detention Center, not where you want to find yourself, okay? <laughs> I don't know much about Jackson jails, but Memphis jails, not fun, okay? Now, 
what had happened was, you know, I mean, it was another night. I mean, just being real, but hopefully not too real. You know, went out, got wasted, you know, pretty wasted. And um, one of my buddies, I didn't, it wasn't like a bad fight. I don't know if they are good or bad fights. I wasn't in a fight, but a friend of mine started wrestling outside the bar we were at, you know, 2, 2.30 a.m., like wrestling bar. I mean, we're just like, you know, just horse, I mean, some of y'all know, hopefully not many of y'all know, but anyway, just messing around, and we were buds, and he pushed me, and I found, you know, then I, I was like, whoa, I just fell through a window, and whoa, I think, thought that was plate glass, but I just crashed through it. So I was actually charged with a felony, okay, so for, I know, real proud here, you know, Linda's real, real proud, mom was really proud. Miss <laughs> Gwenda can relate. Now, so I was charged with a felony. And it was expunged. I went on probation uh, for a year. But I, here's the point of all this. still have a, look, fell through like this. There's a little scar here and there. So there's blood. I woke up and bleeding. and It was a mess, okay? And I, you know, restarted in college, and I, I could easily straddle the fence. You, you know what that means? Straddle the fence, like do good, go party, all this. I mean, I could walk that, that line. So I had to spend... About 70 hours in jail, and, you know, I was in a cell, and my room, I always think about this guy, uh, this big black guy, and he was, um, he was talking about Jesus and the Bible, and we had conversations. Then when I got out, I remember specific, you know, I mean, y'all know the movies you go through, you get your, I don't know, at that point we wore, wore watches, you know, there's a watch or your wallet, you know, same type deal, you know, and the guy sit, looked at me. It was still bloodstained. You know, I think I was wearing khakis, you know, all preppy and all that, you know, whatever. You know, bloodstained khakis. And he's like, son, when are you going to get started? Now, part of my mind was like, I ain't your son. You know, I mean, just that total rebellious. But I still remember that. And I'm like, I got to get started. And and I tell you that story because I know maybe if not all of our blessed graduates, but some graduates have had negative experiences where it's like time to restart and time to have a new start. And the good news is the Bible tells us, and I believe the Bible, is that can happen any moment, be it positive or negative. And that was a time where like, whoa, I mean, I had big dreams or things I want to do, and now, like, I got a felony, and I get that knocked out. But something I'm not proud of, and the only reason I say it, and I've never really told that story to the church, is that... You know, who knows what God will bring out of some really dark times, like a cell in Shelby County Detention Center. I mean, God can bring new things out of it. So when are you going to start? When are you going to start? Uh, the, other, the third question, real quick, is, uh, so he said, what? He said, when? I want to say, where? Where will you go? And my mom has always said, and I, and I love her, love this, that the most important thing parents can give to their kids are roots and wings. Roots and wings. You need both. Roots. Uh, I pray people are, are rooted here. I pray you graduates have roots here, but wings to go. And that doesn't mean you go all over the world. It might. But roots and wings. Uh, there is a verse that I, that I love that's connected to uh, this Isaiah 40, 31, put that up on screen. Isaiah 40, 31. 
It says, but they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Now, what I love about this verse, you can say, well, the wings and soaring and all that, they who wait for the Lord, who wait for the Lord, because there, there are going to be moments in your life, graduates, there are going to be moments in our life, adults, there are going to be moments in my life where it's like, man, I want to go. I feel called to go, but God calls me and us and you to wait. Wait on the Lord first. Wait on the Lord. And He will give you the plans. And He will help you soar. But I say, where will you go? Because you can go many places. First, where will you go physically? Physically. Uh, And I, I would challenge all of you, I mean, tied to mission. You know, we have a Honduras trip coming up. Talked about India, Italy, Dubai, other places. You know, where is the Lord calling you to go? And you may say, man, he ain't calling me none of those places. Okay, if that's the Lord's calling your life. But he is calling you to go. Is he calling you to span? Is he calling you to the street down the road? Is he calling you to your work office to minister to someone there? God uses all things. He makes all things new. Where is he calling you to go? Everybody, where? At least think about it. Wait on the Lord to see. Also, where is he calling you to go spiritually? which is more important than physically because the spiritual will lead to the physical. Here's my point is, where is he calling you to go spiritually? I know where he's calling you to go. He's calling you first to go in God's word. Okay? So not to guilt trip anybody, and that, you know, that's not what it's about, but there's a seriousness about the gospel and God's word. And so like, you know, when, when I say, who's read their Rise of God reading day? And like, you know, three hands pop up. Now I know 50 are going to do it tonight, right? Amen? Right? But I am, there's a seriousness that, I mean, we, we look through life and, and we get answers from newspapers or People Magazine or YouTube or whatever. And, you know, I've even thought about doing a summer screen sabbatical, like shutting off all screens. My wife's saying, no, you won't. Probably not, but I've thought about it, okay? And it might happen. And so I, I say this, spiritually, he is calling you somewhere. One place is right here, right here, okay? Spiritually... And the Bible is clear. He is calling you to a church home to put down roots. And, and for, for better or worse, to like be rooted in a place and live with people. Uh, spiritually, he's calling you to go. And at a point, that will take you somewhere physically. Now, the spiritual also leads to the personal. And last thing I would say on the where is, where are you going to go personally? Because if you go where the Lord wants you to go spiritually, then you will probably go where you don't want to go personally. Man, what do you mean by that? If the Lord calls you to, uh, well, I mean, you could talk about reconciliation. You could talk about loving the other person. You could talk about reaching out to someone you don't know. I mean, the list could go on and on and on. But if you go where the Lord calls you spiritually and he is calling you, then you'll probably end up going where you don't want to go personally. But you know what? That's a good thing. And where you will go personally is the best thing because that's what the Lord wants. Because it is countercultural. It is contrary to our human sinful nature. But it shows the world something different. And aren't you tired, church, of like just seeing... I mean, I, I, got, a, I got a whiff of it, uh, a smell of it, uh, a sense of it. Just, you know, in the congregation this morning, none, nothing of y'all but hearing about other people out there. Like broken relationships, people mad at each other, people not forgiving just giving people the bird or the finger, whatever you want to call it, or just the, you know, whether it's in business 
or in uh, family. And man, aren't you, just, don't you, aren't you tired of hearing stories like that? I get tired of it. This word calls us to something different. And so say, the person who would curse you or who is cursing you, you get on your knees and pray for. And not only does it work for that person, possibly if they receive it, it can. It'll work for you. And you can walk in the freedom and that hope and that peace. So graduates, adults, teenagers, me, where are you going to go? Physically, where are you going to go? Spiritually, where the Lord takes you spiritually will lead us to the best place personally. And then last thing. I said three questions. What? What do you worship? When? When are you going to start? Where? Where are you going to go? And one statement. Statements, whatever. You ever caught that? Like, whatever's not a question. I mean, someone said, whatever. Whatever. Statements, whatever happens when you are in Christ, when you're a new creation, you're not alone. Whatever happens. Turn with me. I'm not going to put this verse up on screen because I, I want you graduates to get used to flipping through your Bible uh, for you non-graduates to do that too. So Romans 8, flip through Romans 8. It has to be backwards because Revelation was the end. So easy enough there. Romans 8. And just a couple verses to close with. Romans 8. Listen to this. And maybe you'll see these verses in a new light, okay? It's a statement. The statement is whatever. If you're in Christ, this is what happens, okay? If you're a new creation, this is what happens. And it can start in a moment. It can start right now. Whatever. Romans 8, 28. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to His purpose. Whatever, Romans 8, 37. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Oh, and by the way, that's a direct tie to Revelation 21 when it says those who conquer. And Romans 8, 37 says all these things, we are more than conquerors. Whatever, in him, we are more than conquerors. Whatever, verse 38 for I'm sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, whatever, verse 39, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Whatever, all things work for good. Whatever, in Christ, you're more than conquerors. Whatever, nothing will separate us. From the love of God in Christ Jesus. Last thing I'll say, I know, growing up, you know, and for many of you uh, graduates and many of you adults, you know, here in the buckle of the Bible Belt, you know, you can learn Christianity as don't have premarital sex, don't smoke or dip, don't get drunk. That's kind of how I thought of it at first, okay? And I would say all those things, yes, don't have premarital sex, because when you do, it really jacks up further relationships, particularly your marriage. It does. Uh, don't smoke or dip. They're highly addictive. I have a nicotine addiction. I will just say that since I'm going all out kind of today. And uh, I've put it down, but it is an addiction. 
Uh, and don't get drunk. Don't get wasted. It's very clear in the Bible. Drunkenness is a sin. It leads to those other things. It leads to a jacked up life, period. Okay? However, that is not Christianity. Okay? And so the thing I want our graduates, our adults, our members, me to know, Christianity is an adventure. It is life. It is looking at the world with wonder and not wandering through the world. That you see differently and that it is new and God can make all things new and he's making all things new even as we speak. And it is very much supernatural. A child was born. There was an immaculate conception. A body was dead. There was no blood running through his veins. There was no cells and I just probably butcher that for you doctors, but that, he was dead and then he was alive again. Supernatural. There is new life. And a lot of time we, we just can't see clearly because of the fog of like, well, this is what I got to do. I know you have Sunday school. I know you need to church. And I want to push that away here at Bellwether and see clearly the power of God at work in a new life to our neighbors and to nations. It is an adventure. It can start at any moment. When are you going to start? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray for uh, man, our, our kids, our graduates, our families, our adults, me, everybody, that we just see clearly through your word and would live in a new way. And that happens in Jesus. Thank you, Lord, in your name. Amen.